There's a naturalist who said, the universe is full of extraordinary things, patiently waiting for our wits to grow sharper. And I guess that doesn't speak very well of our wits, because those words suggest that we miss a lot of what is right in front of us. Ways of really seeing what the world has to offer, ways of really hearing and understanding. And today, our scriptures tell us that each of us is being called by name, and we don't even recognize when our names are being called. God is calling each of us by name all the time. That's what today's gospel writer wants us to understand. God is calling your name all the time. And maybe it's true that our wits do need to grow sharper so that we might hear God's voice calling again and again. There's this lovely research into the sounds that babies make before they learn human speech. These are their sincere, earliest attempts at communication, and we cannot hear or understand them. Apparently, neh is hungry, ow is sleepy, heh is discomfort, and so on and so on. And I remember when my children were babies, crying, there were moments when I just said to them, I wish you could tell me what you want. And it's striking to think they were telling me what they wanted in their language. It was their call. Strangely, travel sometimes jogs our wits, sharpens our wits so that we can see and hear. And maybe you've experienced this when you're traveling, how you notice everything in, in, in technicolor with so much more brightness. When we were traveling in the Holy Land just after Easter, a group of St. James pilgrims and I, we were feeling jogged and unsettled in that sort of way, aware as we were that we were there during a time of particularly fractured politics that we were navigating, as you do when you travel in the Holy Land, between Palestinian culture and Israeli culture and all of those juxtapositions. And even just unsettled to be away from our loved ones and our routines and meeting new people and facing unexpected situations as you always do on the road. For instance, one morning we were walking through Bethlehem and Alice Thomas and Robert Ronas and, and myself were suddenly handed a brand new baby sheep. A little boy, a shepherd, was walking down the street and he just thrust this, this young, young lamb into our arms and I cannot even describe the softness the vulnerability, the dearness 
of that unplanned moment or the joy in seeing Robert Ronas sling it around his neck like a, a momentary shepherd. I always feel more closely connected to God when I travel because meeting so many new experiences, I'm awake and listening. We naturally become alert when we're far from home. And then, this past weekend, I left on Thursday and returned late last night. I visited Massachusetts, my old home, for the funeral of a dear, dear priest friend, my mentor, Richard Reed. Richard shepherded me. He, led by God, beckoned and led me into new life as a priest. And traveling back in time and remembering our experiences together, remembering all that he has meant to me, that brought about another kind of alertness, stirring memories of how I was hatched into this new life that I love so much. So think for a moment about who beckoned you, who shepherded or is shepherding you, who is awakening you. Being in Massachusetts and thinking about sheep <laughs> for this weekend brought back so many memories, including a memory of a field trip that I took with my daughter when she was in high school, she and her class. And it relates to the gospel passage this morning because, well, it's not about sheep, but it's about goats, so that's close. On this long-ago field trip, we visited a place called the Peace Abbey that was established back in the 80s after a visit by Mother Teresa. And back in those day, it was, days, it was a farm animal sanctuary, a way of sort of living out the truth of peaceful treatment of animals. And there was, there was a, an enormous pig and a, a sacred cow and lots of sheep and goats and chickens. Today it's just a memorial garden, but back then it was a thriving farm, really an image of heaven. And the highlight for Allie came when the Peace Abbey director, Louis Randa, a gentle, soft-spoken man, was leading the group toward the barn. One minute he was ardently talking about cruelty-free farming practices, and then suddenly he started bleating, ear piercingly loud bleating. I won't be as loud as Lewis was, but it was a meh, meh. And just as suddenly, the still quiet barn exploded in response with a deafening chorus of meh, meh. Goats were popping their heads out of windows and doors and assuring themselves that Lewis was the one calling them. They trotted at top speed. And back then, Allie turned to me, and she said, Mom, Lewis really speaks goat. <laughs> and then she said, I think what he's saying is, guys, we have visitors. Come and say hello. And then she went on to say, and I think that the goats are saying, hello, Lewis. Nice to meet you, visitors. And I couldn't help but think that Allie spoke goat too. 
So why couldn't a man speak goat and understand goat? Why couldn't goats understand him? Certainly, Lewis loved those goats, and they loved him as individuals. He'd known them their, his whole, their whole lives, the ones that were shy, the ones that were bold, the ones that were hungry, every single one of them he'd known by name. And I think you know why I'm sharing this story with you, because today we hear in the Gospel of John about how Jesus, or in Jesus' time, and today in many places, sheep were held in a pen, a sheepfold, overnight to keep them safe from wild creatures and sheep thieves. And many people would keep their sheep in the same large pen. And then, in the morning, each shepherd would come along and call his sheep. The gatekeeper would open the gate, and his sheep, and only his sheep, would come running out. As it says in John, he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out, and when he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Doesn't that sound like Lewis and his goats? In today's passage from John's Gospel, Jesus is struggling to try to get his listeners to understand what this story says about sheep and what it means for them, explaining to them that there are others who are going to try to steal sheep, but they're never going to have a life as good as the one that Jesus is promising because he's promising real and eternal life. He's the shepherd that calls us by name and he is the passageway through which we pass to this abundant life. This term abundant life, it appears all the time in scripture and we need to be sure that we understand what it means. It doesn't mean easy, pain-free life. It doesn't mean easy street. Abundant life means, though, that we are not just here to survive, to get along, to get through our lives, to coast, but to come alive and thrive. We all want this. And so many false shepherds promise us happiness but they are artificial forms of happiness that actually rob us of abundant life. Wealth, power, possessions, addictions, they don't cause us to come alive and thrive. Only God's love does this. Jesus, in the way that he lived his life, showed us what abundant life looks like. He lived it right in front of his disciples and followers' eyes. He lived a life merged with God. And it was in the eating together and the laughing together and the sharing stories and always turning to the needs of the most vulnerable lambs among us. That was how he showed this merged life with God. And we see it again in the lives of the followers and disciples in the reading from Acts this morning, how they were sharing everything and caring for those in need. 
Today, most of us don't farm, although many of our ancestors did. And if you're like me, you don't know much about goats or sheep or farm life. The lamb that was thrust into my arms in Bethlehem was actually the first time I've ever held a baby farm animal. And like Lewis and his goats, it reminded me of how God knows each and every one of us, holds us just that way, and calls us by name. God is calling for us, uh, uh, maybe an ear-splitting, meh, and we are made to hear it. We do know that language. It's in us to know that language. Our opening prayer today said it so beautifully. O God, whose Son Jesus is the good shepherd of your people, grant that when we hear his voice, we may know him who calls us each by name and follow where he leads. Know and follow. Let this be true. Let us have ears to hear God's voice so that we can come tearing out of the barn, barreling toward our Lord to see what God wants. The universe truly is full of extraordinary things, patiently waiting for our wits to grow sharper. So let us pray for that. Let us pray for our wits to grow sharper, our hearing keener, so that we can hear God's call and follow. Amen.